0: It is Advent season, for those of you who may not uh, know uh, what Advent means, uh, in Christian communities around the world, Advent is a four-week season uh, where we celebrate and remember and recognize uh, what God has done for us in Jesus. The word Advent comes from the word Adventus, which just simply means arrival, and so we are celebrating, obviously, at Christmas, the arrival of Jesus, the Savior of the world. And in a four-week window, uh, we uh, take time to specifically talk about uh, what has been given to us fully because of Christ coming to the world, the hope that we have, the joy that we have, the peace that we have in tonight, the love that we have encountered uh, from God to us uh, in in Christ, And so uh, I'm going to speak about that tonight, uh, the, the Advent uh, topic of our service, uh, the love that we have, that we have experienced, that we encounter, uh, the love of God through the manifestation of his son coming, uh, Jesus. I will tell you uh, that Lindsay was uh, going to be up, and these are her notes, and she's been battling this lingering cough and didn't wanna have a coughing attack. And so uh, this is uh, the first time that I've ever had the privilege of standing and sharing, uh, proclaiming, teaching her words uh, to you. So from the heart of Lindsay, to me, to you on Christmas uh, Eve Eve. We're gonna uh, start with a a song, uh, just to uh, get our minds centered in uh, the love of God and what we're here to celebrate uh, tonight. It's a song that we have sung here at Two Rivers before uh, by Carrie Job, Love Came Down. If you just want to read these uh, lyrics along as I read them out loud, uh, if my heart is overwhelmed and I cannot hear your voice, I'm just wondering if there's anyone in the room that may be Relating to that line in a pretty tangible, real way in this season of your life, I hold on to what is true, though I cannot see. If the storms of life they come and the road ahead gets steep, Uh, perhaps that's a lyric, a line, a lyric that is relatable to some of you as well. I will lift these hands in faith. I will believe. I'll remind, I'll remind myself of all that you've done and the life I have because of your son. Love came down. <clears throat> Love came down, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. <clears throat> I, I hope and pray to be able to stand in this space with you in these moments that we have uh, to share uh, these Words from my wife who co pastors with me to you, and that it would land with you in a way that feels uh, fresh, uh, and that you uh, would that this would be more than just a gathering to come to in Christmas of 2023, that perhaps uh, this would be a space for you to have an encounter with the love of God in a real tangible way. I want to start with just defining uh, biblical love for us uh, in a few scriptures. Uh, We uh, read some of this passage from 1 John 4 uh, in the Advent reading. Uh, Let me read this with you again. God God is love. The Advent theme of the evening, love. What is love? Uh, The word of God defines love this way. God is love. God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us. And so the word of God defines love as God himself. If you want to know what love is, it is is God himself. And love is not out there somewhere, Love is made known to us by sending his only son so that we could see and know and experience the love that God has for us. It looks like this. This is what love looks like. This is Jesus' words. In the Last Supper, on the day before he would go to the cross of Calvary and die for us in our place, he said this, greater love has no one than this, than he lay his life down for His friends. Jesus is the visible expression of the invisible God. Let's hold that. Jesus is the visible expression of the invisible God. Theologians uh, call Christmas this story, this occasion that we are here to celebrate and remember and to receive from theologians called the miracle of God coming down to rescue his people. They call it the incarnation. And Eugene Peterson uh, paraphrases it this way in John chapter 1. God put skin on and moved into our neighborhood so that we could see love and have a relationship with love. It's supernatural. This message is a message that many of you have probably heard many times before. Uh, But it's not just a message on a Christmas Eve Eve service. It's a supernatural invitation for you to be transformed by the love of God and Jesus. Jesus is the visible expression of the invisible God. God is love. God is love. So Jesus is the visible expression of what love, love is. He embodies in human flesh the deep healing love of the Father, and there is no greater expression of God's love than the gift that he has given to us in Jesus. Amen? Isaiah 53, the Messiah is a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. The empathy, he walked as we have walked. He understands pain and sorrow. Romans 5, 8, uh, God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He came to be acquainted with our suffering. He came to die in our place so that we could live. What, what king does that? What king Does that? What God? This this is our God, the God who himself is love. I love this line from Lindsay. She wrote this, Jesus is the manifestation of the indescribable, unconditional, transforming love that the Father has lavished upon us. And this was good news then, and it is good news right now for you and for me. If you have your Bibles, I wanna read some passages or verses out of John chapter one. And it's a story about John the Baptist and a couple of his disciples. And if you don't know the story of John the Baptist, he was actually Jesus's cousin, and he was a few months older than Jesus the Messiah. And his ministry, his calling, was to get everyone's attention and point them to Jesus so that they would understand the love and the hope and the peace and the joy that God has given to us in Jesus. And so we're gonna read a few verses from John chapter one. Uh, It says 35 to 39, but I'm gonna read uh, all the way down uh, to verse 42 with you. Uh, How do we understand love? How do we understand the glory of the love of God? Uh, Verse 35, the next day, John, this is John the Baptist. He was there again with two of his disciples. So this this isn't uh, one of the 12 disciples of Jesus yet. These are actually two of John the Baptist's disciples. They were following him in his ministry. And when John the Baptist saw Jesus passing by, he said, look or behold the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard John the Baptist say this, they started following Jesus. And turning around, Jesus saw them. Jesus saw the two men who were John the Baptist's disciples. And he said, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And Jesus said, come and you will see. Come, come and you will see. See, And so they went, these two disciples of John the Baptist, they went and saw where he was staying and they spent the day with Jesus. It was about the 10th hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. So pause for a minute in the story. Andrew and Simon Peter were both, they were two of the 12 disciples of Jesus. But Andrew was also a disciple of John the Baptist before he was a disciple of Jesus, and he, Andrew, was one of these two disciples on this day when John the Baptist saw Jesus and said, behold the Lamb of God, and they started following Jesus. And they said yes to his invitation to come and see. And so Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John, John the Baptist, had said and who had followed Jesus. And the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought Peter to Jesus. This is the word of the Lord for us tonight. I just want to zoom in with you with a very simple, very simple but profound invitation of Jesus in this passage to anyone who will come, and it's just simply this, come and see. If you want to be with me, come and see. You want to know where I'm staying, come and see. You want to understand hope and joy and peace and love, come and see. You want to overcome hardship in your life, come and see. If you want to understand the way, the truth, and the life, come and see. Come and follow me. Pretty simple invitation, "Come come and see. And tonight uh, we just simply want to invite all of us to do the same with fresh, perhaps with fresh eyes, to come and see. The shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night, just on the hillside outside of Bethlehem, which is only about six miles from Jerusalem. Hark the herald angels sing, angels came, go and see this baby, the Messiah. So they went to the manger in Bethlehem to see Jesus. A few months later, not sure how many months later, but as Lucas Smith did a good job of kind of blowing up the nativity uh, last week, the wise men and the shepherds were never all at the manger together. It was actually months later because they went to a home and they followed this supernatural star from the east and they went to see this king Jesus, so they said yes. The disciples in this story, Andrew, the other disciple of John the Baptist that's not named in John 1, now Peter are all going to see Jesus, the Messiah. And so I invite you to come and see Jesus, the Messiah, the visible expression of the invisible God, Emmanuel, God with us, the reality of God's love. For us, I I believe and think and know that every every human being, if if they if they had a true encounter with the unconditional, indescribable love of God in Jesus, their life would be transformed. That's what I believe. And I believe that there's more. I believe there's more for us to experience than what we have previously experienced. James tells us that there's always more grace. There's always more of Jesus. There's more of his peace. There's more of his joy. There's more of his love. There's, there's more. There's more. And so I'm just, I'm inviting us to consider that in your life, wherever you are, in this season of your life, that there's more for you from God. Um, I don't know what your life situation is, many of you, as you come into this space uh, tonight. Um, and I know in a room this size with this many people, there's lots, of, there's lots of stories, and there are good stories and hard stories and all the in-between stories that we carry. And uh, maybe, maybe you're here tonight uh, in, the, in the spirit and the magic of Christmas, the traditions, the 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 lights, the music, the joy—like all of this—and you're like, yes, this it's just it's special for you, and you want to be at a service like that. And and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that you're here. Uh, perhaps you have come in here tonight with um, uh, maybe a, a consumed mind. Life is just so busy. This, this season, all the errands, the running around, the hosting—perhaps um, if you would be honest, you might even describe your your mind and how busy it is as uh, frantic. Many of you uh, that are part of this church family uh, know that I haven't been in this space for a couple of months and just been taking a season of respite for my own soul to rest and slow down and experience the love of God for me. And uh, it took me two weeks to be able to sit in my home office, light a candle, play some instrumental hymns. I grew, up, I grew up in a Methodist church, and my mom played the organ, so I grew up with hymns. So there's just something special for me about like sitting with hymns and instrumental. It took me two weeks to be able to sit by myself in quiet and stillness for five minutes frantic. If that's you, I'm so, I'm so thankful that you're here. Maybe you are weary here. Maybe you are burdened by real, real struggle, real questions that you don't have answers for, and real fear that keeps you up at night. And we're so glad that you're here. Maybe you are carrying a pain or sorrow that um, many people don't know about, and when people say Merry Christmas, you smile and you say it back, uh, but they have no idea what's under the iceberg of the pain and the sorrow that you carry, the grief, the fear. And if you're honest, perhaps you would say, you know what? The holidays are actually pretty tough, and I'm just, I'm just ready for it to be over, and if that's where you are, we're so thankful that you are here. I will say this: if any of these descriptors are you, or any other descriptor that I did not mention, um, you are not. You are not alone. You are seen and loved by the Most High God. We're gonna. We're gonna do. We're gonna do the silent night at the end of the service. We're gonna, we're gonna sing the song and we're gonna light the candles. And there's something really special about that because Jesus truly is the light of the world. And what's so special about that is that there's people around you that we can connect with for encouragement because we need hope and we need peace and we need joy and we need love, don't we? And we get to... Walk in this way together. And I'm really looking forward uh, to that. Um, Jesus is the bearer of your burden. He is, he is the bearer of your burden. Scripture, scripture describes Jesus this way for you and for me. He is the God of all comfort. Jesus is Savior. His name, the name Yeshua, literally means God saves. Jesus is Savior and friend. 1 Peter 5 declares that Jesus is the God of all grace. So he's the God of all comfort. Jesus is also the God of all grace. Paul says in Romans 15, Jesus is the healer. He's the God of all hope, the God of all grace, the God of all hope, the God of all comfort. This is our God. Isaiah 9, 9-6, that classic Christmas passage, Jesus is wonderful counselor. He's wonderful counselor lowly, accessible with you. And he is mighty, God. He is the Lord of heaven's armies. He is transcendent and he is imminent with us. He is wonderful counselor. He is mighty, God. He is Prince of Peace. He is everlasting father. He is the Lord of heaven's armies and he is near and accessible. And our prayer, our prayer, our hope, our desire is that you would come near it's so interesting in Scripture, the promise of Scripture is this. If you come near to God, he's going to come near to you. Like, that's the promise. Like, if you, if you bring your need for comfort, for grace, for hope, for peace, for breakthrough, for healing, for restoration, for reconciliation, to have an encounter with the love of God, like, I need all of those things in this season of my life is if, if you just, if, just come near. Come and see. Come and see. He will come near to you. I read that passage in John 1, verses 35 to 42. Uh, In that passage, John the disciple writes that John the Baptist said, look, look to his two disciples, the Lamb of God. Earlier in John chapter 1, in verse 49, this is what John the Baptist said. Because everywhere he went, he just wanted to get people's attention to say, look to Jesus. Everybody look to Jesus. He is the Messiah. He said these words, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that word behold, in verse 29, can be translated look or behold. So if your Bible says look, it's just really like, look, look to Jesus or behold Jesus. It's the same Greek word. It means really the same thing. But what's interesting about it is when John the Baptist says it in verse 29, it's actually not an invitation. It's a Greek imperative. The Greek imperative of John the Baptist, who is the herald to Messiah, is it, it, everything in him is, is exhorting, exhorting anyone who's willing to listen, behold Jesus. It's an exhortation. It's an imperative. And John believed, and he wanted everyone else to believe, and he looked, and he saw, and he beheld Jesus to the degree that he would give his own life for proclaiming that Jesus is Messiah. And what I... What I hold dear, what Lindsay holds dear, what our family holds dear, what our church family, what our church leadership holds dear, and what we we invite you to this evening is this, if you really want to see, look at Jesus. The world's message is there's a lot of places that you could look and see for peace and hope and joy and love. There's a lot of places that you can look. But if you really want to see, look to Jesus. He is so much more than we can ask, imagine, or think. So, our invitation, our proclamation on this Christmas season behold the Messiah. Behold Jesus, the Lamb of God. He is King of kings. He is Lord of lords. He is wonderful counselor. He is mighty God. He is the light in life to all who believe. He is the rescuer and the savior of the world. He is a culmination and the fulfillment of every attribute that we hold so dear in Advent season. He is the reality of everything that we've been focused on over the last four weeks. Jesus is the hope of glory. Jesus Himself is our peace. He is joy to the world. He is Himself the evidence of the love of God for you and for, for me. Uh, worship team, you guys can uh, come back up, and uh, as we sing these uh, last two songs, we're going to sing "O Holy Night" and we're going to sing "Silent Night." Uh, I, I I hope that as we sing these songs and as we stand together and as music fills the room and as the voices of God's people fills the air, that there would be an opportunity for you to consider in these moments that God is wanting to convey to you in a fresh way that his love is for you right here, right now. The invitation is come and see. And what I assure you of is this, he sees you. The invitation of Jesus has come and see. The exhortation of John the Baptist is behold Jesus. What I declare to you is that he sees you where you are, what you're holding, what you're carrying, and he loves you and he is here with you. And so I believe this is an opportunity for us to commune with uh, the living God. And I want to Uh, This is uh, Lindsay's, one of Lindsay's favorite um, prayers, passages of scripture, and uh, she um, just wanted to pray this over our two of her family. So I'm gonna read, um, Julia and Hannah read some of this from Ephesians 3 earlier. I wanna read this. It's Paul's prayer for the church in Ephesus. It's out of Ephesians chapter three. And so I wanna wanna pray this over you, uh, and then we will stand and sing and commune with God in worship as we close our service this evening. For this reason, I kneel before the father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, that he may strengthen you with power so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you Would be rooted and grounded in the love of God and Jesus, and that you may have the power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love not just to know about this love, but to personally know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. And now to him who is able, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever.